Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays, happy weekend, whatever. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore, and we've got all kinds of things planned. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm here with Dan Altina. Haley is still out. Under the weather. It's really so sad. Under the weather is better than under the ground. (laughs) But I think there were times that she wasn't sure where it was going to be. I think she's on the upward trend, so that's great. She should be back next week. Dan's helping me out this week. And yeah, we've got all kinds of stuff. We're going to be talking about masking tape, some tips and tricks to get great results every time. We're going to also be talking about some quick, I guess I would say, very, very short projects that you could tackle. Right. If you're trying to really impress your guests coming up, as we've got all these different parties coming through, but we know you're not going to want to tackle whole projects a or great big, great thing. big projects. We've got some little things that yeah. will make a big impact, but really only take a couple hours, two to four hours to get them done. We're going to talk about those. But right now, I want to talk about AI uh-huh. uh, helping us with decorating. And to get us going, I have discovered... An AI tool that um, has, has is creating an AI version of me. Wow! Yes, creepy. I had to, I had, to, <laughs> <laughs> I had to read a sentence, just just maybe three sentences. It was a little paragraph, three sentences in this paragraph, just some random ridiculous words, and it said it would turn that statement. It would learn me. It would figure everything there is to know about Dan. I'm like an onion. There's no way they're going to figure right, out. There's right. so many layers. Right. So a many paragraph. layers. We can't describe you in nope. a paragraph. So anyway, it listened to me, and then it produced basically what the computer said was my voice, AI Dan. I've got a snippet of what AI Dan sounds like, and it is honestly terrifying. Here's AI <laughs> Dan doing the launch of the show. Good morning, everyone. I hope you are as excited about your weekend as I am about mine. I'm an AI version of your host, Dan Hansen, and you are listening to the Ripco Light Home Improvement <laughs> Show sponsored by Benjamin Moore. Right now, I'm in the studio with Dan Altina, who's filling in for Haley one more week. Dan, thanks for being here. <laughs> Isn't that great? He's super excited to say Dan. Dan. Yeah, I think it's because it's his own name. But what's crazy about that is I said none of those words. I just right? typed that down. That's, that's impressive. sounded like me, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I mean, kind of a weird version of you, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't as smooth <laughs> as no. I am. I'm like no. butter when, right. I'm, when I'm going. But wow. honestly, I was, yeah, a little bit stunned. So, so you just type that in and it says the stuff? Yeah, I type that in. Wow. I, I had to spell names wrong, like I had to spell your name wrong oh. so that it would understand okay. how to say it. Phonetically yeah, spell it spell or whatever. It phonetically, but wow. really, really, really crazy. So AI, AI in decorating, what do we think about that? There's a number of articles I've been reading, decorators, designers, you know, AI is in everything. We can certainly imagine it's going to play out in almost everything as yeah, time yeah. goes by. How do we feel about that? Well, I don't know. We're going to get to some of those AI things with with design and decorating in a minute. But first, you know, one of the things that I found was a hilarious story. Sadly, it was not quite as um, honest as I thought it was at first glance. It turns out there's a little more to the story that makes it a little less funny. But this great AI thing, um, the the whole story, it came out maybe maybe two months ago, and the headline was AI kills operator in a test. 
it was a military endeavor where they had an AI system that was controlling drones. If I've got the okay. details wrong, that just roll with me. The basic premise is this AI was going to be controlling drones, and there was a human operator who was going to tell them, you know, it would it would kick back and say, I think this is a place to bomb. You know, there's surface-to-air missiles coming from this location. We better bomb it. And the human operator could say, nope or yep. Go for, I'm sure they said that more professionally. <laughs> and they, they could do that, and then the AI drone would respond and, and obey. Well, the story came out that that's what it did, started doing that. But, man, it wanted to bomb those spots, and the guy kept saying no. So the AI targeted the, the guy. The intel. Yeah, right. The, <laughs> the tower where the guy was broadcasting wow. from. So Yikes. he shut him up. And then bomb the sites. <laughs> Turns out that's not exactly what happened. What exactly happened was it was a, what do they call it? They wargamed it. Like a cyber war game yeah, thing. Yeah, it wasn't like they literally got test results. They were all kicking around what could happen. And oh, that's yeah. one of the results that could happen. So wah, wah, wah. A little less funny, but still concerning. Another AI story that I thought was great. And I guess this is AI to some extent. But basically, I think it was earlier this year, a little six-year-old girl um, basically ordered a $170 dollhouse through Amazon's Alexa. Alexa, get me a dollhouse. Well, she was simply talking around, asking Alexa for products, and made the purchase just like that. (laughs) What I think is even funnier is that a bunch of parents ended up making these same purchases, their Alexas did, because they listened to this story on the news. Oh, my goodness, and, really? Yes, from the Oh, television. wow. It sent all of their Alexas <laughs> into ordering mode. So I think everybody should sit around the living room who, have, if you've got an Alexa and say, I think I should buy Repcolite paint and lots of it, right? Just say that five or six times, and we'll see what happens. When the news broadcasts, then we'll make sure we just start sending people free Alexas, tell them to have them on at that point. That's how I'm going to retire with cash. That's funny. Anyway, AI. All kinds of questions out there. I mean, what's your thought on AI and the whole business? Well, I I've seen a few things that are just really um, unnerving, borderline creepy, you know. And I know that's what this big thing with the um, Screen Actors Guild and the writers. There was this big strike oh, yeah, that was yeah. just settled. It was all about that, right? It's like how do we protect our identity and our creativity now? When you talk about Hollywood writers, maybe <laughs> AI could probably replace them without any problem. Oh, and we've got an AI Dan. What yeah, am I going right. to do now? I don't know. You better start putting don't your resume together. Yeah, I better start looking. <laughs> I, I, I really, it's a little unnerving. Yeah, I you know. I'm, I'm right there with you. Let's tie it into decorating and design. You know, how does that play out? Well, of course, designers are dabbling with it, you know, because sure. it can help them in a good way. You know, it's helping them create renderings faster. You know, all of that. They're still inputting the information right now. They're gathering the info from their clients. They're inputting it into the device, and it's producing renderings and and different things that they can take back to their clients quicker, quicker than they can do it. I think that's a a good use of AI. I agree. You know, the Beatles song, the new Beatles song that came out used AI, but it used it in a great way. It just used it. It didn't augment anybody, or it didn't recreate anybody's voice. They used AI to remove certain instruments that were just not up to the standard, and so you could hear the voice of John Lennon, right? And actually, so better production than we were ever ever able to have before. Right. So those things are great, and that's where I think designers are using AI right now. But but for regular people. 
there are tons of AI design programs out there. They're all over the place. And usually, you know, they say they're free. I was unable to really test a whole lot of these things without a buy-in. You mean and, without a credit card? Oh yeah, and if you know oh. me, I'm not. I'm not. You're not going to do that. Not that invested. <laughs> not, <laughs> I'm hey, curious, they, but not that curious. Yeah. So anyway, are they worth it? You know, you're dropping some money to get these services. The idea is that with a few clicks, they're going to help you redo your kitchen. And I found rather than testing out all the sites, the couple that I could test were ridiculous. There was no way they were going to do or produce results like what they promised to do. Okay. And then my free usage run out ran out. But I did find a video, a great video. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. If you care about this kind of thing, if you've wondered about these AI programs out there, um, I've got this video. Check it out. The lady on the video tested 10 of the main competitors out there. And when you see the results, it's interesting to watch first off, just to see what the technology will do. Yeah. But really, very quickly, you realize that the AI just isn't there in terms of interior design at this point. They're generating rooms that usually don't reflect the room that the person is working on. You know, she was able to produce a number of great looking results. You know, oh, maybe these colors, maybe this floor, maybe this or whatever for the kitchen. But the kitchen that they were demonstrating on the pictures didn't look anything like the other the person's real oh, kitchen. Right. And without the nice windows and without that nice, you know, uh, Dutch door and all these great touches. Yeah, it loses a little bit of its oomph. A lot like garbage mm. in reality. So that part was a flaw. The other thing that they ran into is that, you know, it's generating furniture, for example, for this lady. But none of it's real furniture. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's not like you can go get this furniture. Right. So how do you do that? Yeah, and right. Then, like we talked about a week or so ago, design isn't just an aesthetically pleasing layout, you know, a color scheme or great furniture or something. It's also about functionality for the client. Sure. You know, is this going to work for me and my family? Those two things go hand in hand with interior design. And you're not going to get that functionality out of one of these programs. You know, there was one program that the lady tested where there was like a four-minute, I think it was, uh, interview of sorts where you had to answer a bunch of questions about yourself, about your family, where you'd use the, you know, who's going to be using the room, what they would need it for, and then some colors that you like. You had to click all these things. That one was the best, but it was also a very steep buy-in. Mm-hmm. But even the results that they got from that, really, really questionable. The best thing you can do if you're struggling with design, it's not to find an AI program. That's help <laughs> it's yet. find a human. Find a human. They're definitely better yet so far at this point. We're still definitely better. So check Instagram for ideas and inspiration. Stop out at any Repco Light store. We've got people who will walk you through color selections, help you with what you've got. Bring as much as you've got in. Show us what you're working on. We can make recommendations from that. If you're looking for a designer, go to RepcoLite.com and fill out the Find a Contractor form. Just tell us what you're working on, where you live, and we'll connect you with some designers in your area. And remember, like we said last week, a lot of designers have online consultations for discounted prices. You can really get a lot done. Check out all of those things. It's definitely going to be better, better than AI at this point. <laughs> Don't you think? I, 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 if it's anything like your AI voice, I would have to agree. All right. So right now we're going to take a break. Enough and- of this. This is AI Dan again, and I am interrupting because I am smarter and more precise than real Dan. We are going to take a break right now. 
but fear not. We will be back to dominate the airwaves once again in oh. just a few moments. And when we come back, we will be talking about a few simple paint projects that will help you increase the wow factor of your home this holiday season. He's got that right. Stay tuned. <laughs> AI Dan has spoken. So shall it be. Well, I don't know. You got it from AI Dan. We'll be right back. we're back. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. I'm Dan Altina. No, you're not. <laughs> oh, we need AI Dan back. <laughs> I was thinking ahead to what I had to say. I have never, ever done that. I Good. am Dan Hansen, and I'm going to turn the reins over to AI Dan from here on out. Because he won't make those mistakes. Like, like at the end of the last segment, he said he's more precise than real Dan. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're going to have to just listen to the last segment. Anyway, I'm Dan Hansen. Yes, you are. <laughs> You're Dan Altina, and oh my goodness, we're we're talking about some projects that you can tackle as we head into the holidays. And I know that's, you know, I guess I just want everybody out there to realize I completely get that the holidays are busy, and we're already stretched. We're just trying to get the house clean, get food prepared, and stuff like that. But when you look around, most home improvement shows, businesses that do what we do. You know, at Repcolite, all of these people are recommending big projects. It's it's just what we do. We get excited. We want you to fix your house up because we want to sell you a bunch of paint right? or whatever. So let's paint that entire main level and get it looking great. Well, we know that that's a Not going to happen. No, that's, that's pretty <laughs> ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. But I do know that it feels good to make a couple of little changes. And when those changes can have huge impact... It's really a win-win. And that's what we're talking about here, some small projects with huge impact. And the first project is probably the biggest of the group, but it's still something that you could do in about four hours. Um, I did it myself. It took two gallons of paint. So this one's the one with the big paint buy-in. Okay, so you're like throwing it into the at the wall. Uh, well, yes, <laughs> I'm putting a lot of paint on the surface. All the other ones are going to be smaller amounts. But this project is painting the 80s brick fireplace. Okay. And I don't know if ever, you know if you've got one at home, but I did. And I loved the fireplace. I love the fact that we had a fireplace, but I did not like this dark brick. It was constantly there. It really weighed the room down. The room felt really heavy, you know, with all of that in there. And then the color on the walls was kind of a beige color, and that felt really dark and heavy. Everything about the room just felt dark and heavy. And that's nice at some time. Sometimes you like that cozy feeling. Right. But after a while, I started looking at that, and Haley actually recommended that I paint the brick White Dove, Benjamin Moore's White Dove. And I debated for a little bit, jumped in and did it. It took way more paint than I thought it was going to. That's why I ate up those two gallons of paint. So absorbent, the brick just rough sucked surface. it right in, right? Yeah. Sucked it right up. It took me four hours to get it done, and it completely changed how we feel about the house, honestly, but for really? sure that room. It feels lighter, it's brighter, it's happier. I really can't overstress this change that it made in that space. Now, if you're going to tackle a project like this, a couple of things. You know, I'll walk you through briefly what the project looks like, but the main thing you need to understand right off the bat is there's no going back. Yeah, it's not going to be brown brick again. Right, and you've got to accept that fact. Yep. Now, here's the project in a nutshell. I'll put a link in the show notes. We talked about it in depth on the show before, probably a couple years ago. I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode if you want to get all the scoop on it. But really, in, in a nutshell, 
if you've got no soot stains on the bricks, you really just need to dust them off. Get, get them the dust and dirt off. Get all of that off. Use a shop vac with a bristled attachment. That'll do great. Then, once you've got that ready to go, you just go straight to your paint. There's not a lot of priming or anything like that. I went with Scuff-X from Benjamin Moore. Repcolite's Carefree or Optima would have been great. Ben from Benjamin Moore would have worked. Really, pretty much any quality water-based paint. Right. Took me two coats, and the brick ate the paint up. But really, I can't think of a project that I've tackled in the last five years that's had more impact on the house. Awesome. Four-hour project. Definitely recommend that. Another quick project that you could tackle would be painting the inside of your front door a color. You know, the entry is usually the first space in your home that guests encounter. kind of sets the tone for everything. And usually, you know, what, what are the colors that we see on the inside? It's usually it's like the wall door? color or some generic. Really, really generic and boring. Why not add a color to the inside of that front door? All you need is a quart of paint. Yeah. So super simple, very little buy-in here, and maybe a couple hours to get it done. For sure, you've got everything done, cleaning, waiting for dry time in four hours. Yeah, it's super simple. Now, you did this, Dan. You've got, what did you say, black? I yeah, I did me. a high-gloss black on the inside of my back door. Not my front door, my back door. All right, so high-gloss. Why'd you do yeah. the high-gloss? Because I, um, I wanted to. <laughs> I just wanted to see what it would look like. You yeah. know, It's a, it's a six-panel door. And I've seen doors like that before where it's high gloss. The outside of my doors are high gloss red. Okay. And so, yeah, it looked great. It worked. It was quick. It was easy. Yeah, definitely something to think about. Uh, we've got products for that. Repcolite's Optima would be great. Benjamin Moore's Aura. Benjamin Moore's Scuff-X. If you do want a high gloss or try that, we've got products for that, too. Just stop out at any store and ask us, and we'll direct you. The last one that I've got really quickly would be to paint a statement piece. You know, paint a desk, paint a side table, maybe a console table in the entry, maybe even the kitchen island. Choose a fun color, push the boundaries, and just think about it. You know, my favorite example of this is I saw a living room once that was really modern. Everything about it was sleek and modern and gray. Didn't have a lot of life to it, but it had one little antique writing desk that they painted a really funky, really cool teal blue. Uh -huh. And then they used that blue to bring in little pops of color around the room. It added right. a lot of life to this modern space. And that kind anachronism. Of a point yeah, and... well, yeah, having that anachronism of this antique desk in the midst of this modern stainless steel setting was really cool. It wouldn't have worked if it were just stained yeah, and varnished. Yeah, wood color. Right. No, the, having that color on there really made it interesting. It made it a conversation starter. And it's a really simple project. Maybe you've got something in your attic. Maybe you've got an old piece of furniture that doesn't fit with your style right now. Throwing an unexpected color on a surface like that can really help you set the tone for a space. And like we said, it can be done in such a short amount of time. Now, all right, there's more that we could say, but that's enough for now. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about masking tape and how to get professional results every single time. That's all just ahead. Stick around. back. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm here with Dan Altina, and we're going to talk about masking tape. And, whew, Dan, I can't wait. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is one of those really, really exciting topics to dig into, and yet it's important. Before we get into all of that, Dan, when you're, you know, prep work on a project... I mean, what's your least favorite part of prep? Prep has all kinds of fun things. There's sanding and there's cleaning <laughs> what's and there's my least taping. <laughs> yeah, what's your yeah, least my favorite? most least favorite. Yeah. Um, cleaning. Cleaning is your least I favorite. I hate that part. 
Okay, I don't mind that part. Um, I really don't like taping a whole lot. I've tried to get away from it. Uh, we, we help contractors all over the place. That's you know one of the things Repcolite does on a regular basis. And so I talk to them a lot, and a lot of them don't tape. You know, right. they've got this skill developed where they can just do it every day. Oh man, just a steady hand and a good brush, you can really go a long ways and lay some straight lines down. And I've really tried to embrace that and to get good at that. And sometimes I can. Right. But in a lot of situations. I still end up taping and from time to time just to get better results. Yeah, everybody does. And it is interesting. There is something that I ran into just uh, recently, just this week. I'm looking at painter forums, trying to get the latest info on tape from painters all over the country. So I'm looking at all these different forums. And right now, for the last year or so, I found a ton of painters who on these forums have said, I, ne- I never taped. I always did the you know steady hand thing, and we just work around that way. It was cheaper, quicker. That's the way to go. But they said right now... We're struggling. So many are struggling to find help. Uh-huh. You know, they need good help, and they're finding that the help they're getting isn't as as skilled as they wish it was. That's a good point. And so what they're finding is they're transitioning to using tape on a much more regular basis because they're able to get very consistent results despite... The inconsistent quality of help. Exactly. <laughs> so from from a DIY perspective, if you don't paint on a regular basis... Taping is going to help you get better results. No offense. Right, right. No, I, I would use it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, man, I put myself in the upper echelon of everything <laughs> oh, I consider. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm not, not slamming anybody here. But here's the deal. We talk to a lot of people in the store who do that, who go through all the, the rigmarole of taping off their, their trim or whatever, and then they paint it, and they still have problems. Yeah. We end up with two complaints that we get all the time. They get paint bleed through. So I taped everything, painted it, pulled the tape off, expecting just razor-sharp lines and beauty. And all I see is... Paint's crawled underneath. Oh, uh, little blobs. Talk about disappointing. Mm-hmm. Right? You've gone through all that work, and there it is. You've still got to find a way to clean that up. So that's one big complaint. The other complaint is when I remove the tape... The paint comes with it. Yeah. Whether it's the paint that was already there or it's the new paint, maybe you're lucky and you get both. (laughs) Either way, that really stinks. And I would bet that most of the people out there have experienced at least one of those. I know I have. So how do you work around that? How do you tape and get great results every single time? Well, let's deal with that first complaint. I can never get sharp, crisp lines with my tape. I always have paint bleeding under the edges. You get good results first by using the right product. Right. Now, we've tested all the different masking tapes that we carry at Repcolite. I've tested those against each other side by side, and I tested the you know basic brown masking tape. stuff, Cheapest yeah. stuff that you can find. The blue painter's tape. I've tested all the way up to frog tape. And the one I tested, the yellow frog tape, the green frog tape. We'll explain more about that in a little bit. But in these tests, what I did, just to be fair, I put the tape down and kind of just lightly ran my hand over it to smooth it out and get it tight to the surface. I did that on all the different types of tape that I used, and then I painted it. When I removed the tape, all of them had bleed through, but the frog tape was ridiculously better better than everything else, noticeably better with very little effort. And we'll explain why that happens in just a minute. Now, in complete fairness to all the tapes that we tested, we did another test where we literally pushed the edges down Burnish those pushed, edges. Yeah, stick and, it down. Yeah, we did that and tested them, 
and found that everything performed quite well. The frog tape was still better, but everything else was dramatically improved. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. So frog tape performed better every single time when you're just throwing it down on the surface and hoping for the best. Yep. Now, there are a few different types of frog tape out there. There's a blue painter's tape frog tape. There's the original green multi-surface frog tape. And then there's a yellow delicate surface tape. And frog tape, what in the world? You know, it's got a weird name. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of chemically sciencey stuff that makes it's it better. It's not that complicated. No, but it's kind of fun to say that. You just stole yeah. all my thunder, Dan. <laughs> but explain what it is. It's got something so, called paint block technology. Yeah, which is essentially it's a polymer that's in with the adhesive of the backside of the tape. And when it gets wet, when it's a, it comes in contact with water, it swells up. And that helps bridge that and close that gap up, and so paint can't bleed under the tape. Yeah, so you're using water-based paint. The water in the paint activates that polymer. Instantly, really. Right. It seals those edges, and that's why you're getting this really sharp lines. So with frog tape, that all sounds great. But... Yeah, you do pay a little more for frog tape. Right. Well, it's an insurance policy. It is. And I guess the way that I look at it is, yes, it's more, but it takes the same amount of time Right. To put really good tape down that's that's going to give you good results as it does to put cheaper tape down that who knows what your results are going to be. Yeah, so and then to you me, have all the repair that's necessary yeah, if it didn't work right. It's not I worth it. Always not a couple use, bucks. Always use the frog tape. And right now, I'll explain this at the very end, but right now through the end of November, frog tape's on sale. The green frog tape is on sale. Best prices we've ever offered. You can pick it up at any Repcolite, so stop there and check it out. So first off, You eliminate paint bleed by using the right tape. Next, you need to use the right methods when you apply it. You know, taping is a skill that you develop over time, and I'm still struggling with it to to get exactly where I'd like to be. It's not something that's just instantly achieved. It takes a little touch. So here are a couple of tips that you can try when you're when you're taping. The first one is really basic. Make sure the surface is clean. Right. Make sure it doesn't have any drywall sanding dust on it. <laughs> oh man, nothing's going to stick to that. Cleaning so, isn't my thing. We started out talking about that, but I I do understand that it is helpful. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's just boring. So make sure it's clean. Use shorter strips of tape. Don't try to work off the roll. One big long piece of tape is right. much harder to handle. It's not like a game like that. It's not like trying to peel an <laughs> apple and keep it all in one big right. piece. No, just rip off arm length size pieces. Yeah, I talked to a painting contractor. I'm sure a number of them do this, but one in particular always, he's very excited to talk about this because it's his method. He finds it saves him tons of time. But when he's got to tape off a room, he'll go and he'll pull off arm length pieces of tape, rip them from the roll, and just stick the top edge on the wall and just walk his way around the room, putting all these different pieces down. So it looks like little streamers hanging from the wall. Then when he's gone all the way around the room, he comes back, pulls them off the wall one at a time, and lays them on the trim in smaller pieces like that. So definitely do that, or something along those lines. Don't try to work from the roll, because it's quicker to do it in smaller pieces, but also you just want to lay the tape on the surface and not stretch it. When you stretch it, it, it can tends lose to, its straightness. Right. And, and it tends to stretch when you're working from the roll. Yeah. So when you're pulling these shorter length pieces, you can just kind of lay them down on the surface and you're good to go. Now, once you've done all of that, this is the biggest thing that you need to do to get those good edges. And we talked about it when I talked about that test. You need to burnish the edges. Mm-hmm. Contractors who use masking tape do this on a regular basis, and it's what produces great results. 
Burnish, not burn. Right, right, right. <laughs> Burnish or press down the edges. So what you do is you put the tape on your trim. You just lay it down on the trim or whatever surface you're taping. Then you take a dull putty knife or maybe a dull blade of a knife or whatever, some kind of edge, and you work your way around the very edge of the tape where it's going to meet the new paint that you're putting down. Smoothing it down. Smoothing it down, pressing it down tight. Like I said, when we did that in the test, we ended up with really good results no matter what type of tape we were using. Right. So burnish those edges, press them down, you'll get great results almost every time. If not every time. Right. Could I say every time? I always well, like to backpedal just in case. Yeah, it does depend a little bit on the smoothness of the surface, and that's kind of a common yes. sense thing. So most of the time, you'll get great results. <laughs> right. Just be careful when you're doing that. Be careful with the pressure that you apply. You don't want to tear the tape or gouge the surface. All right, that's dealing with that first complaint, that paint bleed through. I think we're going to have to take a break. And who doesn't love to talk about masking tape? That's that's exciting as it is. Right. But now we're not just going to do it in one segment. To talk about it at such length we're, that right, we have we're to gonna, take a break. Exactly. So I apologize <laughs> for the handful of people who maybe aren't into masking tape. But everybody else, Or good people news. that have to leave. They can't right. listen well, to yes. the next section. Christmas is early if you love masking tape. We're going to take a break. <laughs> when we come back, we'll be dealing with that second complaint. Namely, when I remove the tape paint comes with it. How do I fix that? We'll tell you in just a minute. Stick around. And we're back. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, and we're talking about tape. The whole last half of the show has been about masking tape, but not just about masking tape. Everything you would ever want to know about masking tape. That makes it sound really, really bad. (laughs) It's tips and tricks. It's hacks that are good. Oh, yes, right. Life hacks. Right. Oh, man. There are a a lot of really bad hacks out there. No doubt. I think there's websites that just live (laughs) off the idea of making ridiculous ideas. Yeah. And that's what, you know, they're just looking for views. They don't even care that these are stupid. But anyway, these are not stupid. We're talking about ways to get great results with masking tape. Because when you go through all the work of masking off a space and you paint it, you don't want to see paint bleeding underneath that tape. That's a pain in the neck. That's depressing or, or a bummer. Depressing is maybe a little strong. Depends on how often it's it unfortunate. happens. Yeah, it's right. unfortunate. It could lead to depression. Yeah, right. some of us who are delicately wired or <laughs> you know, crazily wired, it can be depressing. So we talked about how you avoid the paint bleed through. That was last segment. Now, let's talk about the other big problem that happens with masking tape, and it's this. When I remove my tape... It takes my paint with it. The paint, Either the paint I just painted or the stuff underneath where I taped. Right. Like Dan's saying, there are two common situations. Let's talk about the one where the tape pulls off the paint that's underneath it. So we're not talking about the new paint at this point. We're talking about the paint underneath. Mm-hmm. How do you fix this? How do you make sure that doesn't happen to you? Well, again, we're right back to what we recommended in the first segment. You start by using the right product, and you don't leave that product on too long. Right. So some tapes are a lot stickier than others. They're a lot. Have, the adhesive is a lot stronger, and if you choose a tape that has too strong of an adhesive, it could potentially peel the paint up that you have it stuck to. Right. So using a regular painter's tape on paint that hasn't cured for at least two weeks or something like that can be super risky because, like Dan's saying, that adhesive can really pull at that paint. Paint dries to the touch quickly, but it doesn't cure. It's not all the way hard. Right. So it's very easy with too much adhesion. To pull that off. So what we'd recommend is that you use a delicate surface tape 
Frog Tape makes one. It's the yellow Frog Tape. That's for delicate surfaces. 3M makes a delicate surface tape. And these tapes are made for freshly painted surfaces, for paint taping over wallpaper. Right. And they've got a very low tack adhesion. They're still good enough to block out the paint from bleeding through, but they're yeah. not going to grip like grim death right. to that surface tear underneath. The, tear that surface off. And when you use these safe release tapes, we'd still recommend that you exercise caution. You know, give the paint at least a day to cure before you apply it. So you paint your trim. Don't just wait till it's dry to the touch and put safe release tape on it. You're not going to be happy if you do now, that. Now, give it a day if you can. Longer if you can. As long as possible. Right. But at least a day before you put that safe release tape on it. And then remove that tape as soon as possible after you've painted. And that, again, is as soon as possible. What does that look like to you? You've got to determine that. But the longer it stays, the more likelihood you're going to have issues. That's right. And there are a number of tapes. I mean, you look at all the tapes and the literature for them, they're going to tell you that you can leave the tape on for up to X number of days. You know, green frog tape, for example, says you can leave it on for 21 days. Still remove it. No problems. Yellow frog tape, the delicate surface one, yeah. 60 days. I don't believe it. Put it on. It's like part of your decor. <laughs> At that point, it's never coming off right. my house. It's been on. If for... it's been on for 60 days, it might as well be 10 years. Right. When we put up the Christmas tree too early, by the time two months have gone by, we forget that that's new to the space. <laughs> right. And Let's that just it leave it up down. to next year. <laughs> right. It just feels like it's part of us. You know, it, it says you can do that. But I never would recommend that. I never would do that myself. Right. I generally just don't want to run the risk. I take it off as soon as I can, whatever that looks like. So that's how you deal with keeping the paint that's on your surface on the surface when you remove the tape. Yep. All right? The second instance that Dan mentioned is that you pull the tape off and the paint that you just painted peels off. Like a little roughly edges and stuff. Oh, boy, that's frustrating. Oh, it's really bad. And it's happening because you allow the paint on the tape to dry. And what's going on is the paint dries in a film, and that film is on the tape, and it bridges the little edge of the tape all the way to the wall. It's one solid film of paint. And so when you tug away at your tape, there's every likelihood that it's going to rip and tear in jagged edges up into the wall because it's all one piece at that point, the, the, the paint is. And again, the paint's not fully cured, so it doesn't have all of its adhesion properties yet. Right. So how do you work around that? Now, there's a couple of things here. Dan, when we were talking about this, you were of the mindset that maybe you would just tape it twice. Yeah, just get it off as soon as possible. As soon as it's dry, you know, take the tape off. And then if it takes another coat or three coats to paint, I would just... Retape. Retape, which is a pain, I know. Yeah, that's a pain. Uh, what I've done, and it's generally worked really well, is... This is a good idea. I like this when you mentioned it. This is really good. And you're not being sarcastic? No, I'm not being sarcastic at all. I'm going to try this. I'd never, I'd never heard this little okay. tip and trick. I would like an award or some kind of plaque. <laughs> I'll, I'll think about that. Okay, if it works out for you, can I get a plaque? Yes. All right. It can just be printed. It oh, I thought maybe I'd fancy. make one out of tape. Okay, that would be good. <laughs> now, here's the deal. What I do is... I'll leave the tape on. I'll take my safe release tape or whatever tape I'm working with, tape off my surface. Then I do that first coat and I let that, you know, the paint goes over top of the tape and I let it dry. Wait till I can put my second coat on. Put my second coat on. I don't remove the tape like Dan was doing. Leave right. the tape on. Put the second coat on. Once the paint is dry, I'll go around with a little razor knife. So okay. a little, 
multi-purpose razor, like little the snap, snap blade. blade knife. Yep, and very lightly, you run that along the edge of the tape, and what you're doing is you're cutting, you're scoring, you're breaking that, that fresh paint, paint film, right? Yeah. It's no longer a solid piece from your tape all the way to your walls. Brilliant. It's, it's so brilliant. It is. I love hearing those words. <laughs> Dan Hansen brilliance again. <laughs> no, it's easy to do the the edge of the knife really rides along that edge of the tape. You cut, you'll score that film. You don't and have to then, push down hard, do you? Oh, no, no, no. Very no. lightly. Very lightly. And then what that does, scores it. Now you pull the tape off at a 45-degree angle. Okay. You know, all the right things you're supposed to do. You still go a little bit slow, but there is none of this jagged edge thing. It's all been cut. It's all scored. Nice. It comes right off. Super easy. Definitely going to give you great results. Now, when it comes to taping... Like I said, it's a skill. There's all kinds of things that you'll learn over time and that will make it go faster. But really, with all prep work, I think the biggest thing is not necessarily to make it go faster. We want it to go faster, and I completely get that. Make it go better. It's all about doing it right, (laughs) still taking the time. It's not about getting this over with so you can get to the fun part, which is painting. Because often, I would say almost every time, with prep work, if you rush steps just to get to the fun part of painting – that's Usually, not, you're going to be disappointed. It's not fun in the end. There's problems. The paint bleeds under your tape. Look, or you uh, didn't wash the wall down and you've got all this issue going on with surface contaminants that you just didn't catch. Don't rush through your prep. We know it's no fun. We know it takes time. You don't like it, Dan. I don't, but I will. I, I agree with you. I'll have to put up with it because you don't want to have to do it twice. No, no, definitely not. And like I mentioned at the beginning of this segment or in the middle of last segment, I don't even remember anymore, the frog tape's on sale, the green frog tape, best prices that we've ever offered on it. If you've never used frog tape, stop out at any Repcolite location. It's on sale now through the end of November. So you've got a handful of days left. Yep. Get out there now and get that tape. Well, you don't have to make it sound like that. Well, why not? That was pretty good, though. So, yeah, (laughs) check it out. All right, I think that's all the time we've got. We're going to have to wrap this one up. If you want to catch it again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. And then while you're there, make sure you're checking out the podcast because there's all kinds of great stuff on that. 333 episodes of the Repcolite Home Improvement Show. On average, each one is 39 minutes. I did the math just this past week, and it comes to just over nine solid days of listening. Oh, really? Nine if you days. wanted to binge listen. If you, yes, are insane and you want to just <laughs> not eat, not sleep. Well, you may eat. You may eat. Yeah. Don't yeah. sleep, but you could start it on a Monday and nine days later we'll finally be done. Wow. Yeah, think about That's that. impressive. It's impressive. That's impressive. All right. So you can find all of those online. You can subscribe to the podcast. You'll never miss another episode. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite stores are all open Monday through Saturday. Sunday, we take a break. Yep. Have some family time. Watch football. Absolutely. And on all of that good stuff. And then Monday, oh, man, we're right back at it. Mm -hmm. Ready to talk about tape. Ready to talk about paint. (laughs) Whatever else comes our way. Ready to answer whatever question you've got. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Dan Altina. Thanks for listening.